Welcome. You are listening to the Better Together podcast with Callie and Rosario Picardo. We take on topics involving marriage, ministry, parenting, communication, relationships, and other subjects that our listeners want to hear more about. Welcome to the Better Together podcast. I am one of your hosts, Rosario Picardo, and I'm here alongside... Callie Picardo, your other host, and we have a special guest today, Dr. Pete Bellini. Ross, you want to introduce Pete? You've known him a long time now. I've known Pete for about 20 years now, and we met at Asbury Theological Seminary when he was working on his PhD, and I was working on my master's degree, and it was unusual to find two Sicilians in one (laughs) room together, uh, but we became fast friends, and he is now a professor at United Theological Seminary, and one of the reasons, one of the main reasons I did my doctoral work at United, and then we ended up moving from Kentucky to Ohio, uh, which we didn't think was going to happen ever. Um, if we were going to move somewhere, it would have been... Somewhere warmer, please, somewhere warmer especially in the winter. South. Right. So, but here we are, and uh, Pete is the author of many books and um, a sought-after speaker, professor and um he's just a cool guy yeah an encourager of pastors and helps the local has a heart for the local church so welcome to the better together podcast pete thank you guys it's so good to be here uh you guys are like family to me and uh i i already feel the warmth and i already feel better together man i'm <laughs> i'm in there Kelly and rosario thank you for for having me be a part of it well, today we wanted to uh, really, um, you know, kind of label this time as if we have a discussion on the Holy Spirit for beginners. Um, a lot of the people that listen to our podcast maybe are Jesus followers or they've grown up in the church or maybe they work at a church or pastors, but this third person of the Trinity is really foreign to them or has not been explored. Or if it is familiar, they might be trying to help the people they're leading grow closer to God and experience the Holy Spirit. So, Pete, where does someone start? Like, if you're like, okay, I want more of the Holy Spirit, what do I do now? <laughs> Amen. I think one good place to start, and, you know, your your listeners may all be in different places, so they could kind of pick and choose as they're hearing me talk where a good starting point for them would be. But I think a good basic starting point for wherever you're at, and it's always a good reminder for myself, is to remember that the Holy Spirit is God in us. God in us. So, you know, a lot of times we can visualize, you know, the Father's up there, you know, in heaven, transcendent and the father sent the son. And so, you know, okay, we know Jesus and we accepted Jesus in our heart and Christ resurrected and ascended is at the right hand of the father. And we remember that one of the names for Christ was Emmanuel, God with us. We just came out of the Christmas season. And so we know God with us. And Jesus was saying, man, I'm going to, I'm going to do better than that. I'm going to one up this. I'm going to go be with the father and it's going to be better. Why? Because God's going to be in you. God's in you. So 
it's good to get that perspective to start off that God is not someone who was way up there, far removed from our circumstances, from our world, from our lives. But the Holy Spirit is literally God in me, God in you. The Holy Spirit is God dwelling in us. He is the presence of God. So I think that's a good place to start. It gives us an awareness. I know for me, even when I go to pray, I just always remember, you know, okay, I lift my hands to heaven and I'm, I'm thinking upward. I'm thinking, you know, heavenly, I'm being heavenly minded, but I also remember, well, the Holy Spirit is God living in me, so close to me. He's even past my skin. He's inside my skin. He's under my skin. He's inside of me. So right there, that, that changes everything. It lets me know that he has a perspective that is so close that he knows me better than I know me. And he knows my situation. And from there, that really just shapes uh, how I think about God, how I pray, how I then act, realizing the Holy Spirit is living in me. And further, if you want to go to some basic passages to start with, John chapter 14, 15, and 16 talks about the Holy Spirit. Jesus saying, I'm going to send another comforter. Uh, that word can be translated comforter, counselor, advocate. A good general word is helper, a, a helper. You know, just like I have been to you disciples, Jesus was saying, a counselor, a comforter, you know, God present with you, a helper. Now I'll be in you through the Holy Spirit. So they can read John 14, 15, 16, kind of see some of the things that the Holy Spirit does, some of his attributes, uh, some of his work, and realize that now he's living in me. And I think that's a game changer, because if you recognize you have this divine helper, not far away, but literally living on the inside of me, that should really boost your faith. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That really is, Pete. That's so good. And even just hearing your description, I was thinking, gosh, we've got young kids. I know you've got a young granddaughter. And just in trying to explain even to our kids, how do you understand God's in heaven and he was mm -hmm. Jesus here on earth, but he's also inside of you and with you. It's a good explanation the way you did that. I love that there. Yeah. And he's, he's in us to help us become more and more like Jesus. That's his job. Uh, he, he, he is the subjective or personal application for everything that Jesus was that we see on the pages of the Bible. So whoever and whatever we see Jesus doing in the Bible, Holy Spirit lifts that off of the pages and makes it real in our heart so that we can become more and more like Christ. The fancy theological word is sanctification, but he's there to, to be that artisan that's chipping and chiseling away everything that doesn't look like Jesus to make us look like Christ. And He's kind of like a GPS system in that he's leading us closer and closer to home, which is the Father's heart and heaven. So he's been given to us to make sure we get back home safely. I love that. Through this life, through this life. Now, Pete, what do you do if someone says, okay, I know that. I know mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit's inside of me, but how do I know if it's the Holy Spirit guiding me or my own thoughts or that Chinese right. I had for dinner last night? Right, right. That's a big one, isn't it? Um, well, I always tell people that you got three options. So if you're hearing a voice, it's three options. It's either God, the devil, or yourself. Those are the, the biblical options are those three. And uh, here's the way that I usually discern. Jesus gives us a clue when he says you can judge a tree by its fruit. Yeah. A good tree won't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree won't produce good fruit. So you got to look at the fruit. 
So what I try to do when I'm hearing the, the voice of the Holy Spirit, I guess even before the fruit, I'll just say, is it scriptural? So I got to weigh everything with the Bible. So if I'm hearing something, is it lining up with scripture? Because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. That means he is truth and he reveals truth. So he's not going to say something outside of what the Bible is saying. So make sure you check it with scripture. Now, a lot of times, even the devil will use scripture. He used scripture to Christ in the wilderness in Matthew chapter four. And a lot of times also, the scriptures don't speak specifically to your context. They may, they may speak a general principle, but, but they won't speak specifically. In other words, if I'm going to pray uh, God, I have a job offer here. Should I take job A, job B, or job C? You know, I can't go to the Bible and look up Second Hesitations chapter 3, and it says, Pete, come on, what's wrong with you? Take job C. I won't get that kind of precision. So what I try to do is, again, see if it's biblical, but then I judge by the fruit. I, 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 I kind of experience or feel, if you will, or just get a sense of, do I sense God's presence in that voice? Is the fruit of the Spirit there? Because if the Holy Spirit's there, then the fruit of the Holy Spirit should be there. Do I sense God's love? Do I sense God's joy? Especially, do I sense God's peace? Colossians 3 talks about peace acting as an umpire, making the call whether it's God or not. Do I have peace about this? Do I have God's, God's peace? Can I, can I rest in what God's telling me? So love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. Is it gentle, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and self-control? Are those qualities there in what I'm hearing? And when I'm hearing it, are those qualities manifesting in me in such a way that it's producing those fruit? And a good way to determine that is to look at it from the negative standpoint. Do I? Maybe you can't say, well, I don't really experience you know, a lot of this, uh, maybe joy or peace as I'm hearing this voice. Well, look at it from a negative standpoint. Are you hearing the opposite? Do you hear something that's making you uh, uneasy or anxious or fearful, or instead of God's gentleness, maybe a, a, a roughness, a pushing, if you will? Well, that's the opposite of the fruit. The Holy Spirit leads us gently. So maybe that's the voice of the enemy telling us things. A lot of times we can have maybe the word of God before us. And it's like, yeah, what I'm hearing is biblical, but instead of it being gently convicting, it may be condemning. It may be the enemy actually beating us over the head with a scripture. And at that point I say, yeah, it's biblical, but this sounds like it's the devil because I don't sense the fruit of the spirit in it. It's not giving me peace. It's not coming through as a word of gentleness. I'm getting very anxious about it. And I feel it's driving me rather than guiding me and leading me. It's pushing me. So it may be the enemy. And I, you know, I know the fruit of the enemy, what, what, what the devil does comes to bring fear, confusion, those kind of things. So maybe the tree's bringing that fruit. And I can tell because the bad tree is going to bring bad fruit. So usually I could tell between God or the enemy. That's easier. The harder one is, is it God or is it me? That's a little trickier. I used the same sort of uh, methodology with the fruit of the Spirit and um, the Scriptures, but I also try to see if if it's me, then I should be able to give it up to God and say, Lord, you know, like I'll give you a case in point. Uh, I just bought a car, just bought a used car recently, and I was just saying, God, I mean, you know, 
should I get this car or not? You know, of course I wanted the car. So automatically I knew that if I started to pray, I would hear, get the car, get the car, get the car, (laughs) (laughs) because I want the car. But when I came to a point where I could come to the end of myself and put all of the options on the cross and say, God, I I could die to these. You know, I had several car options. If I don't get this car, I can live without it. I could come to a point in the crossroad and say, not my will, but your will be done. So if I could come to the end of myself and literally give that to God and not take it back and let him crucify all my thoughts and and they still come back, even after I've come to a point where I'm free and I could take any of these three options, Lord, or no car at all, then I know I'm ready to hear God. Then I'm ready to hear God because I'm free from myself. I'm free from my own predilections and I'm aware of my predilections, which a lot of times people aren't. They're not aware of where they're projecting self into what they're hearing. So usually you figure out what do you really want and then lay that at the cross first, (laughs) because I'm not saying it's not necessarily God, but I do know it's definitely me. And so I lay it down at the cross and give it to God. And I'm, I'm willing not to pick it up again unless he gives it to me. Then I'm free from myself. Pete, that's so good and helpful with distinguishing. I, none of the listeners on in the podcast would fit this description, but you may have um, noticed people that God keeps telling them to do different things, and it seems like they're hopping from one thing to the next every five minutes, and you're like, are you sure God's telling you to move again? Or right. take another job after you just got this one, and you... Right. Yeah. God is, God like is a... Fusion. Yes, yes, he's, that's confusion. That's the enemy. God's a rational God. God created us in his image, and, and, and we're rational creatures, and God doesn't tell us to throw that away when we receive the Holy Spirit. God wants us to do our homework. He wants me to get and consume a report and check the best cars out. He wants me to do due diligence on my finances and all of that. He doesn't want me to just you know fly by the seat of my pants. He wants me to give him the best data in my mind for the best informed decision, because my God wants to give me the best but he can only use what's in my head. If I don't put nothing in there, he doesn't have much to work with. So a lot of times people just want to fly by the seat of their pants and realizing God's a rational God. God's not going to tell you to leave a job that he just gave you. And he's, and, and, and he's only going to get, like I tell my kids, he's never going to tell you to let go of something until you have something else to grab onto that is from him and that you've completed your assignment. God, you told me to go to this church or God, you told me to take this job. You need to tell me when that assignment's finished, not me. It's not up to me to do that. It's not my will, but it sure will be done. So I think in American Christianity, we become very flippant with God. And we almost, we almost, you know, like I could get on my phone and I can order Amazon in like two minutes. We kind of take God like that. What about now, God? What about this option? What about that option, God? God's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not confused like you are. (laughs) I know why I sent you there. And so I think we're just too flippant with God said to me, God told me, and every little wind, or like you said, you know, maybe I ate something real late at night and it's kind of, you know, in my stomach and I'm thinking, oh, maybe that's God. You know what? God leads me 98% of the time by what's already written in the Bible. I don't need a new revelation. I don't know about you guys, but I, I haven't gotten this love thing down mastered. I don't need a new revelation. I'm still working on this love thing. Mm -hmm. Love your enemy, especially that gets hard. (laughs) Right, right. So, you know, I I don't need to ask God. I I call it in the charismatic world, we used to call that lead poisoning. He has lead poisoning. In other words, unless they feel led by God, they won't do anything. 
They won't do their taxes unless they're led. They won't get a job unless they're led. They won't lead their love their neighbor unless they're led. They won't go to church on Sunday unless they're led. They got lead poisoning. Many <laughs> things. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, there is some of that, like over. Like sometimes we ignore the Holy Spirit, but sometimes we put an overemphasis on, on like they got lead poisoning. Yeah, because most of the stuff's already in the Bible. It already yeah. tells us yeah. to go to church on Sunday and have right. offerings and yeah. all that. God's like, you know, you don't need always a special message. Do what you already know to do, and then we'll work on the things you don't know. So, um, Pete, if I, you know, this is really helpful. If, of course, scripture being the primary vehicle that we um, look to in understanding the Holy Spirit, is there any other kind of works that are more oriented for beginners? Um, that is accessible, maybe not the early church fathers or anything like that, but is there somebody that maybe even from a devotional perspective can break it down, Big Bird, a cookie monster? Yeah, I'm with you. There's a book that I recommend to everyone as a good starter on hearing God. It's called Hearing God. <laughs> That's really creative. I'm not sure I would know what that was about. <laughs> right, it gets right to the point, and it's by a man, a pastor named Peter Lord. L O R D. And I recommend it highly. It's 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 pretty easy to read. It's pretty basic, but he goes through the whole minutia on from you know basics to complex on how to hear God's voice. Um, it's a classic. It came out in the 80s and it's still in many prints. He's still pastors. I think he's a Baptist pastor in Florida. It's the best book I've ever read on hearing God's voice, and it's pretty simple. And then, Pete, I know you've started something at United Theological Seminary called the Holy Spirit Seminar. We just had our 10th annual one this past month. And would you mind telling folks a little bit about that? Because I feel like that's a spot that people could come if they wanted to get some right. practical teaching that is also, it's just not going to get kooky. It's like right. a way to get the Holy Spirit, but you know, it's academically, it's theologically, it's it's sound. Right. We don't want kooky. Uh I call that, when you're in the charismatic world, you see all of it. I call that, they seem spiritual people that are like that. I call it spooky spiritual. Though. <laughs> There's something that just isn't quite right. And usually when you look in their personal life, you'll see that something's always off. But no, we try not to be spooky spiritual at the Holy Spirit Seminar. It's a seminar that God put on my heart to offer to the public for anyone could come. It doesn't matter if you're laity or clergy or what your denomination is, male, female, age. We have all sorts of ages there. It's basically a seminar that teaches on the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Usually we focus on one aspect, though. So maybe, for example, next year we're going to talk about the holiness of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit's holy. It's his first name. <laughs> holy Spirit. So we expect that's a good way to discern what's of God, too. The Holy Spirit's primary job is to make us holy, one, not to make us flaky, you know, spiritual granola, fruits, nuts, and flakes. He's trying to make us like Jesus. The Holy Spirit doesn't even draw attention to himself, which is a problem in a lot of charismatic churches. They, they, they Their manifestations draw attention to the Holy Spirit or to themselves as a person. John tells us in 14 16, the Holy Spirit's always pointing us to Jesus because his spirit of humility, he's here to subjectively point to objectively Jesus and the scriptures. And so 
He's humble. And that's what we do at the Holy Spirit Seminar. The Holy Spirit is the uh, agent of divine experience. It's how we know God. And so we hope that it's an opportunity that people can experience God. And that's, so that's the bottom line at an entry level, because that's what I would say. Like, take you guys, for example, when you first met. When you first met, I'm sure both of you, well, at, at, at least Rosario probably thought, boy, I really like to get to know her more. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to ex- I want to experience what Cali's like. Well, then, you know, it's like, OK, well, how do I experience the Holy Spirit more? Well, how did you experience and get to know your wife better? Well, you spent more quality time with her. You, you listened to her. You communicated. Um, you did things together. And it's the same thing with the Holy Spirit gives the Holy Spirit that quality prayer time. It's a dialogue. Do more listening because he has better things to say than I do. Give them that quality time to listen and then speak and then do things together. What do you mean? Well, me and the Holy Spirit, let's do things together. Don't take, don't go by yourself and do things. Invite the Holy Spirit into the smallest things you do. Lord, I'm going to go buy a car. Invite the Holy Spirit into that. Invite him into all the small areas and expect him to be there with you. And he may not speak in fireworks and all that. It may be a still small voice. It may just be a knowing. It may be through the person that you're dealing with. It may just be through circumstances. But somehow the Spirit of God will just, you know, let you know if you give that invitation and say, Holy Spirit, I call it just little experiments and micro obedience. So in other words, things you normally do by yourself do an experiment. Say, well, what if I did it differently? What if this time I did my budget first inviting the Holy Spirit in? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I'm going to go, uh, you know, I'm going to go weightlift. Well, let, let's do this differently. What if I invite the Holy Spirit in with me in these every, not just in the prayer closet, which is good, of course, but in all the everyday places I'm at, I want him to spend time with me and do, because he wants to do things with you, just like your spouse wants to do things with you. And the number one problem for people receiving more of the Holy Spirit is, is control. And the control issue is, is a fear issue. We're afraid of giving up control because we're afraid of uncertainty and what's going to happen if I let go of the wheels. So I can't trust this person. I can't trust that person. Can't trust my spouse. Can't, can't trust God. Okay, fine. Well, then what are you left with? I'm left with me. So now I got to deal with life with my resources. Well, let's be logical. I can deal with life with my resources, or I could deal with life with God's resources. Mine are limited. His are infinite. You know, mine fail. His never fail. <laughs> I don't know a lot. He knows everything. Okay, no brainer, God. Uh, I'm going to give up control because it's safe. It's safe. You're worthy and it's safe. And there goes my fear because I know I could trust in your character better than my own character. But Lord, now I'm going to invite you along on this ride and I'm going to do some testing. And, and I, I'd encourage your audience do some experiments in micro obedience and little small things. Just say, I'm going to invite God in. I'm going to see what kind of difference it makes. I'm going to do it for a couple of days. See what Amen. kind of difference it makes. I think that's a good challenge to end on with a challenge to do some experiment with the Holy Spirit, spend some time with the Holy Spirit, say, come Holy Spirit, whatever you're getting ready to do and see where people go. But Pete, this has been so good. Um, if people want to check out the Holy Spirit seminar that's in Dayton, Ohio, on the first Friday of December every year, this coming every, one is on year, yeah. December 2nd, 2022. And so put that on your calendar and we hope to see you there. And also Pete's got some books out there. One of them, some of, some of them are very um, like deep research, more academic, but truth therapy is one that talks more about the Holy Spirit that is accessible. 
Yeah. The, wide know, audience. The wide audience. Wide audience. <laughs> you don't have to have a PhD to read it. Not that you don't have to have one for all of his, but Pete is a very brilliant man and thinker and honest, obviously loves Jesus and has been encouraging a lot of folks to grow closer to the Lord through the power of the Holy Spirit. So, Pete, thank you for being Thanks with us today. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was a blessing. And I just bless everyone in the listening audience that they would take time just to hear from the Holy Spirit and that he would just do something extra that take them above and beyond what they're used to and turn on a few switches and lights and whatnot and go, ah, okay, I'm getting it. Amen. May they have that moment this week. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, share this podcast in your social media categories or with a friend. And until next time, remember, we are better together.